0: Bismillah rahman rahim Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Salatu salam Allah Sayyid al-Mursaleen Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa shabihi wa man sabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawm al Respective brothers, elders, sisters, salamu alaikum wa <laughs> As all of us are aware of the current headlines uh, regarding the coronavirus, I thought uh, it is a good time for us to reflect where we are, who we are, and who's in control. All this shows us that subhanAllah, the power and the Qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hawla وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ Nothing moves, nothing goes up, nothing goes down, nothing goes sideways. There is no power besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa once said, He said, shall I not tell you something with guns? مِن قَنُودِ الْجَنَّةِ a thing which he is a treasure from the treasures of Jannah, min a treasure from the treasures of Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ said, "Recite la Hawla wala qawata illa billah." In another narration, the Prophet Wasallam said that. A per recite La hawla wa la illa billah profusely For it removes harm It removes 99 harms And the smallest of those harms is poverty The smallest of the harms that 99 harms That la hawla wa la removes is poverty and this is why a believer is required not only to recite it but to believe it. That to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ultimately the one who is in control. Nobody other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control. Upon occasion the messenger of Allah sallallahu said to Ibn Abbas who was his cousin and he was sitting behind him. He said, young man, let me tell you something. If the entirety of humanity was to gather on one plane, so the first man and the last man were to gather on one plane, and they wanted to harm you, they would only harm you that which Allah had decreed for you. If the first man and the last man were on one plane and all of them wanted to harm you, they would only harm you that much which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted them to harm you. What was the message of Allah saying? That understand that man can harm you, not that people can't harm you, but they will only harm you what Allah has decreed for you and if the entirety of humanity from the last first man until the last man were gathered on a plane and they wanted to benefit you they would only benefit you that which Allah has decreed for you Nothing more than that wa la illa billah. Everything only happens what Allah has decreed and this is why when you hear the adhan the imam says or the muazzin says Hayya ala salah what do you read? Hayya ala salah revive the prayers la, hawla wa la illa billah because the tawfiq that you're gonna get from Allah to pray the salah is only gonna come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know you are incapacitated so even for salah حَيْ al falah, Come towards success. What do you recite? ta illa billah. Only what you, O oh Allah, have decreed is gonna happen. You are in total and utter control and nobody other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control. And this is why in another narration, in a verse of the Quran, so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants something to happen, Ajib, look, look at this. Allah says in the Quran, Kun for Yakun. Now you've heard this verse many times that when Allah wants something to happen, a matter to happen, He says to it, Kun for Yakun. So this is how we understand it. Kun for yakun. So how we understand it is letters. That Allah uses letters and then the letters, this is how we understand it, then the letters come out of the mouth, and then the mouth then it reaches the eardrums and then the eardrums, it goes down to the eardrum. That doesn't apply to Allah. That is for you and I to understand. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants something to happen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kun for yakun, but in a manner that even you and I cannot perceive. In a manner that you and I cannot perceive, there is no letters involved here. When Allah, it happens as soon as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it to happen. And this is why, look, Allah creates that which is large, Allah creates that which is small. Allah creates everything. You know one of the objections that the mushrikeen actually had, they said you know the Quran Allah speaks about the flies, He speaks about the bees, He speaks about all these small things, He speaks about mosquitoes, Why does Allah engage in speaking about these small things? Allah is azim, Allah is immense, why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking about this? This was one of the objections that the mushrikeen had. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna Allah la yastahyee mathlan an yadriba mathlan ma ba'udatan wa ma fawqaha That Allah is not shy that he gives the example of ba'udha Ba'udha means a mosquito, a gnat wa ma fawqaha or that which is even smaller than that Because if people can take a lesson from it, Allah will give that example. Now the ajib thing is that Allah gives the examples of elephants, of large things and He gives the small thing. And this is a miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know generally when human beings start building something, so they build say the first computer, the first computer was large. And then they get expertise over a period of time the computers get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller you remember the first mobile phone yeah it was like a they call, you call it the brick it was like a brick now you have these small mobile phones which are actually more powerful than even the earliest computers the first clocks were large now you have small little clocks why? Because people have reached an element of perfection. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says, You know that little mosquito that I created, that little mosquito, that is my perfection. Kun yakun. I said it and it became that little mosquito and that big elephant, both of them for Allah it's kun yakun. He says it and it is done. For other human beings, you have to reach a perfection. Imagine you have an elephant, the big legs. You can see the eyes. You can see the ears. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates what? The mosquito. Or even small kaha, or even smaller than the mosquito that you cannot actually even see. You can see it, but if you want to see the legs, you have to dissect it. You want to see the eyes, you might have to put it under a microscope. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah doesn't care what you think. Allah gives all the example that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give. And this is why throughout history you see the power and the qudra <coughs> of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at the story of Musa alayhi salatu salam. It- when Musa alayhi salatu came to him and Musa alayhi salatu salam, Allah gave him a number of miracles. One of those miracles was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him locusts. And these locusts came after the drought and the flood. So after the f- flood, they had this amazing crop. And, they, uh, and, and the cops and Fir'aun and were very happy that we got all these. And we're going to have a good harvest. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to show them his power. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him locusts. And those locusts came and they ate up all their crops and they couldn't do anything about it the one who said Ana could do nothing about it until they went to musa alayhi salatu wassalam and they said to musa so musa you're a, you claim to be a nabi please remove the locusts so musa and we will allow the Bani israel to go free and Musa alayhi salatu went and he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah removed the locust. But Firaun being Firaun. What, did, what did the next thing that Firaun did? The next thing that Pharaoh did was that he kept them behind. He actually started persecuting them more than before. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent what? Watch this. You know your lord's army allah says in the quran you know allah's army only allah knows his army only allah knows his army when abu sufyan came on the battle of khandaq he said this will be the final battle Eleven thousand men marched on medina largest army that that part of the world had ever ever seen and he said this will be the final battle and the prophet told the sahaba to dig trenches so between the army of abu sufyan 11,000 and the muslims were just 2,000 in number 1,000 Manafiqeen, 2,000 true muslims and they had internal enemies as well and abu sufyan is just waiting for an opening because he believes that the muslims will never ever be able to defend these numbers 11,000 armed to their teeth the Muslims haven't eaten for days. Prophet sallallahu has got two stones tied to his stomach. And 15 days elapses. And Allah brings a wind which uproots the tents of Abu Sufyan and his army. Only Allah knows his army. Everything is Allah's army. So imagine Fir'aun. What happens with Fir'aun? So Fir'aun ana rabbakumul aala Now Allah is and the next thing Allah sends them Is what? Lice Imagine So much lice So much lice That life becomes unbearable For the cops It doesn't touch the Bani Israel The Bani Israel are not affected at all But it destroys the cops The cops can't go to sleep at night they can't do any work because they're on their heads, they're on their skin and they can't live a life until life becomes unbearable. And this, Wallahi, is the power of Allah. That lice, that little insect that Allah sends upon them, Ana rabbukum I am your highest Lord, he would say, they can't do anything, totally and utterly incapacitated because Because Allah is the one in control they go to Musa again they plead with Musa Musa please ask your Lord to remove the lights. we can't live Musa makes a dua Allah removes them and he goes back to his own old ways and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends upon them what harmless things like frogs harmless you have them in your back gardens harmless but when Allah wants to use these harmless things as his army nobody can stop them the narrations mention every time they would pick up their utensil there would be a frog underneath it they would cook something they would open the utensil a frog inside it unbearable they go to Musa a. and they say Musa make dua to Allah make dua or that he removes this calamity so Musa makes a dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes it and then Fir'aun goes back to his old ways he goes back to his old ways then the the source of life the source of life water so, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did is that the water, whenever they would open the utensil, what would be in their utensil? It would be blood. They would try to drink, it would be blood. They would go to the Bani Israel and they would say, Okay, Bani Israel, their water is water. So, they would go to the Bani Israel and they would bring their pot of water to their home. When they would come home and they would open it, it would be blood. Then it got so bad, they said, okay, let's go to the Bani Israel. Let's make the Bani Israel pour their water in our mouth. So the Bani Israel would get the water. They would pour it in their mouth. By the time it left the utensil and reached their mouth, it would become blood. Allah used the source of life as His army. You and I all grew up hearing the story of Namrood. Namrood was the man who regarded him as, as Lord, the man who threw Ibrahim والسلام, into the fire, who expelled Ibrahim alayhi salatu. Zayd bin Aslam says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent an angel four times, four times to Namrud to give him dawa, and every time, like Fira'un, he would say. There is no Lord besides me. I am the Lord. I am the one. I am the one who controls everything here. And upon the fourth time, the angel said to him, "Okay, if you are the Lord, then gather your people." So he gathers all his people from his kingdom. And the narrations mention that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent these flying insects from the heavens that they covered the entire heavens you couldn't see anything the sun was blocked out that's how many Allah sent not these little insects like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent those little birds to destroy the army of Abraha Abraha major army with his elephants and when Abdul Muttalib came to him and Abdul Muttalib said to him, Abdul Muttalib was the grandfather of the Prophet ﷺ, and he said to Abraha, he said, give me my camels back. He said, what kind of man are you? You are the leader of Quraysh, the leader of Makkah. I've come to destroy your Kaaba, your holiest place and only thing you're worried about is your camels. He said, you know why? Because the camels belong to me as for the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At his Allah's house, Allah will protect it. And Allah sent the ababil. One one stone in their stomach, one stone in their beak, two in their claws. That's it. And the narration mentioned so small little birds with small little pebbles, رميت رميت but when, when Allah throws, nothing can stop it. So those small pebbles fall from the heavens. And they hit the people with such ferocity. That the narration mentioned that they would go from the head out of the other end. So Allah sends these to Namrud. And they come and they fill up the heavens. And these little insects come and destroy entire kingdom. Entire kingdom. Imagine the narration mentioned that they ate away and the only thing left was the bones but allah wanted to show that there was only one being in control so what did allah do allah left namrud alive and he made one of those small insects can you can imagine how small they were some say they were mosquitoes that it went through up his nose and it reached his head and it would give him so much to cleave. It would give him so much discomfort that he would take his shoe and he would hit his head. He's got nobody left around him. Because Allah wanted to show him that who is in actually control. And this is how the man who regarded himself as the ultimate power, as the Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed him through what? A little insect. Because hawla because Allah is the one who is in control. There is no control. There is no kuwa besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And wallahi, if you have me and you have grown up with the story of Namrood, the small insect, then look at the time that we live in. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. One virus, not an insect, a virus. A virus is a thousand times smaller than a bacteria. You can't normally, you cannot see a virus through a microscope. This virus has locked down the world. Only Allah knows his army. Look, look at the world. You go to the, you go to the stores, toilet papers finished. All the flowers finished, all the rice is finished. People are storing up. From what? A thing, something which is airborne. You can't even see it. Who's in control? The atheist would say, "I don't believe in God." Then we say, "Do you believe in the coronavirus?" Yeah, of course I believe in the coronavirus. Have you seen the virus? No, I haven't seen the virus, but I've seen the impact of the virus. But you haven't seen God and you don't believe Him, but don't you see the impact of Allah all around you? You see the impact of Allah all around, all these signs. If the sick man is a sign of the virus, then all this creation around you is a sign that Allah exists. And Allah is the creator. illa And brothers and sisters, there's no way it means that you may bring a correlation here that those who have died through the virus are some Nimrods or some Fir'auns. But what I want to take from this is Allah is in control. Allah is the doer. Allah is the mudabbir. Allah is the khalik. Allah is the razik. Allah is the musabbib al-awwal. It is only Allah and only Allah. It starts with Allah and it finishes with Allah. And we must always keep Allah in the equation on anything that we do. This, wallahi, he should make us believe that we are nothing. We have no kuwa. Who is Zahir Mahmud? Who is Asad? Who is Zayd? Who is Khalid? Nobody. Allah is the doer. And we make du'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this source of us becoming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make du'a that Allah, all those who are afflicted by this, all the believers who are afflicted by this, that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them shahada. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make things easy for us. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who are ill, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them shifa and grant them cure. And also that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us in times of difficulty because in times of difficulty that's where your real colors come through. It shouldn't be a, just a nafsi nafsi. Because that's the, <laughs> the day of Qiyamah even the Anbiya will be saying nafsi nafsi. But today you see time slight difficulty. Slight difficulty, the nafsi, nafsi, no, no, let me take everything, let me sort it out for my family, forget about anybody else. Shouldn't be like that. This is a little test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you keep Allah Hadir nazhir in this, if you keep Allah in front of you, then wallahi, this is a time for us to become closer, iman, to become stronger in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if not, then it shows our true colors i would also like to add because i was speaking to a brother uh, earlier on that how how do we regard this as an islamic approach i, I spoke about in detail last week yeah what the plagues and sickness etc today i would just want to make it more practical my take on this is is that we take the government's guidance on it even if we don't necessarily agree with it 100 percent overall why because there's 70 million people if 70 million people force their opinions then in difficult times you have anarchy and anarchy is no good like we saw elements of anarchy in italy and we will take the government's guidance on it with the consultation of the ulama what does the deen and the sharia say on this now let me give you an example of this this morning i was speaking to a brother over the Uh, And he had a cough and a fever. I was meant to meet him today and he said he won't be coming. So I told him to have it checked up. He said, no, no, I don't want to be isolated. I said, it doesn't matter what about you. What about the other individual that you may come and contact? You're a healthy guy. But what about the people who have weak lungs, have diabetes, have other things? Therefore, it's not just about you and I, so if anybody does have the symptoms, then you should isolate yourself because you may be fine. Not many people in their twenties and thirties and the forties are possibly dying from it. But what about if you come into contact with a bichara 70, 80 year old who has underlying illnesses and sicknesses? Do you actually want to be a cause of that person falling ill, unwell or even possibly dying? And this is why we need to be considerate. La darara wa la في fil Islam. The hadith mentions that la darara that we do not harm ourselves and we do not harm other people in this deen. So, two things, i reiterate. One thing that we take guidance from the ulama on this issue, and secondly, we we take the guidance of the, the government guidance on this and we make dua that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all afia keep us all well that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala allow this to be a source of us becoming closer to him and not further away barakallahu feekum jazakumullahu khayran assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah